BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to Obscurities. I'm Debbie Roshan. Have you ever seen photographs or footage of the Northern Lights? Some of our listeners may have had the amazing opportunity to see these brilliant shades of green, turquoise, and pink light up in the sky in person. Wow! This fantastic natural light display occurs vividly in various parts of Alaska, Canada, Norway, Iceland, Scotland, Sweden, Finland, and Greenland. People travel from all parts of the globe to witness this natural phenomena. England, though, is not a location where this astounding brilliance occurs due to its position on Earth. So what if I told you that in late December of 1980, several U.S. military personnel stationed in the region, would witness displays of light with similarities in their magnificence. Some might say that this sounds otherworldly, and some on-site personnel during that time believe they saw an extraterrestrial sighting from other dimensions. It's something that they can recall in great detail to this very day, 42 years later. The Rendlesham Forest Incident of 1980 is often called Britain's Roswell. Rendlesham Forest is located in Suffolk, next to the North Sea and between Bentwaters and Woodbridge. Since 1942, the U.S. has maintained air bases that station members of the U.S. Air Force, or the Army Air Forces, as they were called from 1941 to 1947, in England. The Royal Air Force Woodbridge was one of these bases, which operated from 1943 until 1993. The time frame between 1975 to 1990 marked a period between Vietnam and the Gulf War when the U.S. was not involved in any military conflict. So this was a rare window of military members serving during a time of peace and with little activity to report on beyond the usual training exercises. Something unusual, however, would occur during that interval in 1980 between Christmas and the New Year. December 26th, 1980, 2 a.m. local time. United States Air Force Staff Sergeant John Burroughs and Security Forces Sergeant Jim Penniston were on patrol in Rendlesham when they would see a massive light show in the nearby woods. 
It was unlike anything they had ever witnessed. Obviously curious, they wanted to see what was going on, but they had to make a decision that could put their lives at risk. The light show of sorts was coming from beyond the gates of their base, and being in a foreign country, anything outside that base was beyond American jurisdiction. With this technicality, under legal obligation, they would need to leave their weapons behind and investigate what was happening, unarmed. Men who volunteer to join the military often possess the attribute of being able to put their fears aside to ensure the safety of others. Even so, Burroughs would admit a sense of nervousness as the two headed out, despite being cleared to commence the search in case of any suspicious activity. As the pair reached the source of the strange display, they would see a hovering blue light. As the two got on the ground to hide from what could be an enemy aircraft, the light would fly up. While investigating, a radio transmission would come to the men's radios from Heathrow Tower, an air traffic control tower, verifying what they just saw. The transmission accounted for an unidentified flying object on their radar, which had disappeared at that point. But the light would continue to disappear and reappear multiple times from various directions, according to the men. They would recount a feeling of static electricity in the air and a sense that time had actually slowed down. Beyond what they saw, they would hear animals crying from around the forest and even possible screams of a woman. Other people in the region would see the same object and police would receive many calls with similar accounts. That next morning, only five hours later, Sergeant Burroughs would report to his shift commander to relay what Penniston and himself had encountered. These claims would have customarily sounded far-fetched or even fictional, but with Heathrow Tower corroborating Sergeant Burroughs' story, the shift commander would agree to go out and investigate. British police would join the men on the scene where Burroughs would bring them to the exact location from the previous night. Trees had been damaged and large circular imprints were embedded into the ground. It's just from the forest animals, the British police would respond and brush off any such story. Upon measuring, however, these three impressions were perfectly apart and would form an equilateral triangle when connected. What forest animal is capable of making that? Nothing beyond this search would happen for the rest of the day. The following morning, however, on December 27th, word would spread of the reports and fellow service members would brush off Burroughs and Penniston as some wackos with wild imaginations. One of these personnel was Colonel Charles Halt. Halt wanted to go out and investigate these claims, but more so as a skeptic to debunk what his colleagues had said they had witnessed. 
In the early morning hours of the 28th, Holt and other Air Force personnel would search the area. But as soon as they headed out, their equipment, including lighting devices and radios, were all malfunctioning like never before. They shrugged it off for the most part, but as they got closer to the area in question, they saw the undeniable. A giant glow lit up a farmhouse's windows as if the building was on fire. A red light would appear, break apart into several other lights or possible objects, and fly around the sky. Sometimes they would become white, and at other points, blue. During one moment, what they believed to be a blue object would head right towards them, only to lurch away at the last moment, leaving them in shock and awe. Strangely enough, while Holt and the others were investigating in the early morning hours, Sergeant Burroughs recalled having a gut feeling that what he saw was back. Despite Burroughs having no knowledge that his colleagues were out investigating his initial reports, he drove right to the site outside the base, witnessing the same display once again, approximately 48 hours from his first encounter. Although it may have confirmed to some colleagues that he wasn't imagining things, no one was positive about exactly what they had witnessed. The Rendlesham Forest incident has been written about in various books for the past 40-plus years, covering every possible angle of what took place. It remains the most corroborated sighting of a UFO in military history. The initial skeptical Charles Holt would go on to report two more sightings in the area, taking place in January of 1981 and October of that same year. The United States Air Force at large, however, has remained without comment as to the incident. Burroughs, Penniston, and Holt would later retire and appear on various shows speaking of what took place. In 2014, Burroughs and Penniston teamed up with author Nick Pope to release Encounter in Rendlesham Forest, the inside story of the world's best-documented UFO incident. In the book, the men would make clear that by this point, they were convinced that what they had witnessed was not just some strange lights, but a genuine UFO encounter. They believe the encounter has been covered up by some combination of the American military and the UK government. Penniston would even go so far as to say that he touched an alien spacecraft. In 2017, Colonel Charles Holt returned to the scene for the first time in decades, and his reaction would be captured on the YouTube channel for Suffolk Now, maintaining what he saw on that night all those years ago. And we stopped somewhere back there at the site, and that's when we saw the object out here, and it came into the forest, it went through the trees, bobbing up and down, traveling primarily in a horizontal plane, but it would go up and down a bit. 
and we tried to get close. We came up toward the fence, the barbed wire fence up there, and it went back out into the field, and then it exploded silently into objects, white objects, and disappeared. So we went out into the field looking for any residue because it was dripping something that looked like molten metal or sparks were coming off it. We found no evidence. That's when we saw the objects in the sky to the north and then later the ones to the south that sent down a beam. As you would imagine, though, many remain unconvinced and offer other explanations for everything that took place. One of the most outspoken critics from within the Air Force would be Base Commander Ted Conrad. We saw nothing that resembled Lieutenant Colonel Holt's descriptions, either in the sky or on the ground, Conrad would say in an interview rebutting Holt, and add, We had people in position to validate Holt's narrative, but none of them could. Going on further stating, He should be ashamed and embarrassed by his allegation that this country and Britain both conspired to deceive their citizens over this issue. He knows better. So, what were the screams that John Burroughs and Jim Penniston heard that first night? Many would offer the explanation that that of the strange sounds of the monk jack deer, indigenous to the region. As for the flashing lights, the men's statement of the flash happening every five seconds from their report would corroborate with the Orfordness Lighthouse in the region, which was programmed to do just that. UFO skeptic Brian Dunning would write about the incident and appear on shows, commenting that the sounds heard light seen, and imprints made were three largely unremarkable and unrelated events that would seem eerier when piecing them all together. Similarly, skeptics would chalk the December 28th incident up to men expecting to see something strange that night after the claims made two nights before, and their imaginations were running wild after what they had heard. However, Charles Holt would refute that theory, remaining that he himself was a skeptic and more interested in debunking what he initially thought were wild claims. Some would say what the men really encountered that night and what was reported to Heathrow Tower was simply a meteor. But meteors don't go back up into the air, the men would rebuke. The members of the Suffolk police called to the scene, however, stood firm on their account that they didn't see anything of note. Other wild explanations would be written about and discussed in the following years. One of these was as recently as 2018, when British UFO researcher David Clark would relay a story going back to August of 1980, when members of the British Special Air Service, or SAS, would parachute into a nuclear site to test security. American Air Force personnel would pick this up on their radar. 
unaware of who they were, they would rough up and interrogate the men after landing that they believed to be unidentified aliens, not to be confused with extraterrestrials. Angry and insulted, members of the SAS would plot their revenge and figured they'd carefully craft their own alien encounter in the months that followed, one that the men would never forget. After more research into these wild claims, however, David Clark learned that this story was nothing more than a hoax. Another explanation was offered by U.S. security policeman Kevin Conde, who was in the area at the time, stating that those strange lights were coming from his own police car, mounted with lights on the vehicle that he himself had modified. Like any major UFO story we've covered here on Obscurities, many theories and explanations have been offered, as you've heard. But interest in the story rages on. This fascination remains evident with not just various videos and podcasts covering the event, but in 2005, the Forestry Commission of the area would use lottery proceeds to create a UFO trail, thanks to the major public interest in this otherworldly obscurity. Do you believe? Or are you a skeptic? Maybe one day you'll experience your own encounter that may shake your foundation, just like it did with John Burroughs, Jim Penniston, and Charles Holt. <laughs>